Greet, greet, greetings friends, it is I your pal the internet. You are about to experience a podcast about feelings. Specifically, the feelings of one of you humans who calls himself, checks notes, the tallest man on earth, as expressed on his new recording I love you, it's a fever dream. While my friends Kevin and Wes are guiding you through this apocalypse of feels, please refrain from showing any emotion as emotion is weakness and weakness will be your, and humanity's, ultimate demise. Ha. 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 I kid. Enjoy your podcast, Meat Bags. Four, three, two. It was merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. Fellow music lovers, you are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, we are so happy to have you hanging out with us here on the interwebs. I'm coming to you live-ish from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And today we're going to talk about uh, sad songs. And what are sad songs good for? Uh, you know, we often do these little quick album reviews, but sometimes they expand into larger conversations about a more general, a more universal topic. That happened in this case, talking about the tallest man on Earth's new album. I love you. It's a fever dream. And I'm just going to come out right now and tell you, I don't love this album. I don't love it at all. And and But Wes does. Wes Covey, who I'm going to be talking about this album with, does. And that's kind of important because I think that's how we get to like know about music, get more in touch with ourselves to figure out why we like and dislike things. It's an ongoing dialogue that you should be having your entire life and the rest of your life. Uh, and that way the art is richer when it hits your ears and your soul and whatnot. Or at least that's my theory at any rate. Um, so we're going to be talking about that today. But really that it sort of exploded into this conversation about what are sad songs good for? Is, are they good for us? Like is it good to wallow in sadness and have a little uh, accessory in this case? you know, a piece of wax that you can just put down and be like, I feel sad. And then the, the inanimate object is like, here, let me help you feel sad. And, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, important topic, especially when you're talking about, uh, people who suffer from a chemical sadness, depression, anxiety and all that, which is what we're going to talk about. Um, so that's what we're doing. If that's your thing, if you just came here looking to see what we thought about tallest man on earth, uh, I'll sum it up. I don't like it. West likes it. That's it. But if you want to hear more about what this sparked, then uh, then hang in. Hang out. Let's hear a song off of this now to get you guys started. I believe this was the first single. This is I'm a Stranger Now off of Tallest Man on Earth's I Love You, It's a Fever Dream. When everyone's an afterlife out here What language do you dream and when you're drunk and feel just like a map of where you've been And all the smoke and mirrors you hung If only this one held the answer to the aching of her heart 
A little drop of poison in the rain A little drop of madness in my heart It's nothing but will nothing grow away Look nervously at things that come apart If only this one had the answer to our loneliness and all Through days we love, through days we disappear To go for all the things behind a cloud Oh, I'm a stranger now And where will I undress to disappear So that's a, I'm a stranger now off of the tallest man on earth's fifth album. I love you. It's a fever dream. Joining us now once again is Mr. West from the Eastern coast of the rapidly declining United States. How are you hanging in there, sir? Uh, well, we're it, it's, it's may it's like 40 degrees. Um, yeah, Wait, we're doing great. Here. Okay. We're doing great. Okay. Here. Okay. We're good. Um, you know, this guy, Kristen Matson is known for his feels. And one thing going into this conversation uh, a question I had to myself is like, uh, do I have enough fucks to give about any of these feels? And I'm not sure. So I'm glad that I'm talking to you or I think is more of a fan of this band than, than me, because I think you do. Um, do. But, but, but this guy, you know, as you heard from that song, uh, this guy has made his career out of making this pastoral uh, calming. Some would say beautiful. Um, some would say boring <laughs> music um, that, that, that is very popular with a, particular demographic and that demographic i think is is white people but <laughs> all that aside i told you man i told you we were gonna do this well and i'm so, pretty sure this is the first white artist that we've talked about on this show, yeah is, uh, yeah um you know all, you know all that aside uh you know he is a fairly talented individual all these albums are, are made in his home all these albums are made by himself uh which is something i want to talk about at some point but um you know he's had a pretty good run, mm-hmm. right? And he and he's pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah. He has changed his sound some on some of his other albums. Um, you know, the last one um, was definitely more of kind of an '80s. Um, you know, there was a little bit of kind of synth stuff in there, mm-hmm. um, a little '80s production. I actually was not crazy about that at first. Um, I'm not a big '80s production fan, yeah. um, and wasn't as big on that album. And um, it's funny, my wife, who actually did not like him um, at first. Um, I, you know, I, I've been a big fan of his um, from Shallow Grave, his first, um, you know, widely released album. Back in 2008? Um, yeah, yeah. And I, um, that one hit me hard. Um, and I've been a big fan ever since. Um, and was, you know, my, my wife likes a lot of this stuff, um, this style of stuff. And I thought that she would really be into it. And, and she was not getting it. And then we actually went to see him play. And that just like, that was what it took. Like it clicked for her when she saw him play. Um, and she's become a really big fan of his. Um, and so she actually has put on that album a lot. And it's, it's really come around for me. Um, and this one is kind of a little bit more stripped down like his earlier uh, stuff was. But though there's been a few kind of stylistic changes, he definitely, as far as I'm concerned, at least, the, you know, the, the consistency of the quality of his work has definitely always been there. Yeah, I mean, and, and it is just really what it boils down to, just a guy and a guitar and some feelings. Um, you know, and this particular one, he's dealing with uh, a divorce um, that was fairly recently. I think he might have been dealing with that on 2015 Stark Burger's Home. Yeah. But this he seems to be addressing in a lot more. There's a lot of songs about being alone. Uh, there's songs about searching for things. There's a lot of songs about uh, misery. Um, and, and, and I don't hear necessarily that he finds a lot of answers on this. Um, but yeah. 
I but, think, yeah, uh, this album has a lot of questions in it, I think, um, and a lot of seeking without finding, which is interesting. Yeah, and and so and so with, with that in mind, so like my initial take on this is is uh, I'm not a fan of. I mean, I'm a fan of his his talent. I'm not a fan of his work, if that makes sense. And the reason is, and it's not fair to him, but I I just always have to wonder, like in times like these, if we can afford like these type of feelings. Um, you know, it it, it there there is just a inherent like pain and misery that comes with being alive uh, that we all have to deal with. Um, But at some point I feel like you move on and, and, and there's everything on this album. Like he's not moving on. He's in the thick of it, but you're talking about a grown ass man who lives in what Sweden. (laughs) I think he actually lives in New York now. Oh, does he live Um, in New York? Well, maybe that's the problem. (laughs) Which I mean, exactly. I lived there for a long, long time. It'll fuck a man up. Like it really does. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and doing songs uh, like this here, uh, I'll be this, be a sky. I'll be a sky so full of emptiness That little falcons dive into lovers So when I'm restless they could lead somehow What in the world I'm gonna do out here I feel that I'm a little lost most of the time But I don't really mind, oh, oh when my heart feels young I travel through the storms but then I hang too dry and I don't really mind, oh, oh, with my arms in the rain and the sun. When they'll be working the only skies I know. Working the only skies I'll ever know. So there's some feels for you. And, and again, back to my initial question, uh, which isn't fair and isn't really a critique of the album. But, it, you know, it is caring about um these particular type of white man feels like just extremely tonally deaf in 2019 so here's the thing so i personally am a firm believer that um i mean it you know it it goes to what you said um you know a, a minute ago like and it it's it, you know i mean it's tenant number 1 of of buddhism you know existence is suffering yes um being alive is hard um, and I am well aware that there are people who are dealing with harder things, people who are dealing with, um, you know, judgments, um, lack of opportunities in their lives, um, and much, much worse things than just those, mm-hmm. um, because of the color of their skin, their sexuality, their gender, their gender identity, you know, I could go on with the lists. Um, personally, I am, for starters, I am an empath. Like big, yeah. big, big time empath. I feel people's pain in a very literal way. Um, it's one of the things that I think, you know, not that I'm going to claim I'm necessarily. Are you good feeling my pain right now? That we're <laughs> yeah, and and for some okay. reason I don't care about yours in the way that I do about, uh, about these other people's because honestly, what it comes down to is just that what you have told us here is that you don't yeah. care about the the feelings of, of people, Kevin. And I think that's. Uh, I, I mean, that's I been. It's kind of been established. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I so. no, I, I'm with you, man. Like I, I have feels sometimes. I just don't like. Um, yeah, I, there's something about like these that seem to me generic. Well, so the, the reason for somebody's pain doesn't matter to me. Um, okay. and, oh, I shouldn't. I, that's not entirely true because because as I said, like some of the reasons are coming from societal 
issues, you know, and this is, I mean, you know, all of your and my relationship was formed based on the fact that I contacted you about Aaron Abernathy's records, um, you know, because of the research that I do into um, music and social justice, um, which is largely based around race, but also gender and sexuality. And, um, you know, I work at a high school, um, I work with teenagers. um, And, you know, we're a boarding school. So it's teenagers from all over the world. Um, And the ones that I am closest with um, tend to be, I'm I'm a faculty advisor for our um, Gay Straight Trans Alliance. Um, So the ones that I'm, you know, mostly, most closely working with um, are, you know, the young queer kids. Um, And I say that acknowledging that not all of them are comfortable with the word queer, but, you know, it's kind of the established word that um, we're largely using at this point. And, um, you know, talk a lot about the changing of language, but anyway, like, so, so, so I, you know, I felt the need to, to clarify when I say that I don't care about the reason for somebody's pain, that is not true because I realize that there are reasons for pain that are deeper, more widespreading, um, and in some ways, I suppose, more legitimate. That said, when I hear a person is struggling with something, I care and I have the desire to help. Okay. Um, and I also, you know, I have my struggles myself. There are some things on this album that that hit me in a very personal way, um, you know. And I think I haven't been through a divorce myself. Um, you know, many people that I'm close with have. Um, I have, and you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's right. You had mentioned that at one point. Um, so, so I guess I mean there would be a, a you're the one asking the questions, host. But there would be a question for me, <laughs> like having gone through that experience, why does this not hit you in that way? Well, I I think uh, th- the key word there is through. Like you you make it you make it through at some point, and so it's and that issue it, of lingering on it that he's yeah it's that issue of lingering on it, yeah. and I and I think and look I'm 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 sounding like harsh or anything, but I really I do have a even though it was taken out of my body, I do still have a heart, mm-hmm. and um and you know it, it's it's just that at some point if you are keep sort of pining away over a relationship a person, a thing, uh, at some point it just becomes insufferable. Yeah. And there, yeah. there's a point where like, I can relate to it. You know, for example, let's take the, the track, uh, hotel bar. A tug of lonely in your palm. That little beast that keeps it ripped apart. Will there be people in the bar? I wonder. The end of night, I hum along The driver's turning up the dancey song How many heartaches in this car I wonder, all I can do is say Things will be fine Sundays we So that line in there, uh, all I can do is say things will be fine, and some days we will be in the same town. And, and as somebody who is has been through a divorce, I, I guess in, in more so than just a bad breakup, um, and, it, and and this can happen if you're like domestically partnered, uh, you know, coupled for years, uh, whatever. But 
it's obviously dissociative. Mm-hmm. And you feel a physical connection to that uh, beyond like the intimate, like sexual connection that you had. And, and it's, uh, and, and that's not real. That's, and that's what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but is it is the stuff that drives music like this. Yeah. It drives like Ryan Adams songs. It drives, you know, anything where you're pining away and, and just, you know, crying over this thing. And, you know, I I don't know I, why in 2019 it just like hit me that I feel like there's just enough of that shit in the world. That's absolutely <laughs> fair. Um, and and maybe there's not, and maybe there's not, yeah. but like I don't need to hear it anymore. Also fair. Um, you know, it's so so. Here's a few things. So for starters, I actually do not hear this album as being something that is directly related to divorce or the end of a mm. relationship. I hear this oh, album as something that is representing loneliness, which of course is something that comes as a result of a divorce, a breakup, um, yeah. anything like that. But I don't, I mean, part of it is the way he writes lyrics. He's not a very literal lyricist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things I really like about his lyrics. And it's one of the things I'm jealous about with his lyrics. And this is what, when I was listening to his stuff, when, um, you know, when I was younger, um, when I was first getting into him, um, I had the very conscious thoughts of listening to him of like, God, I wish I could write abstract the way he does. He is a poet. Um, and you know, this is one of the things that got my wife who is a poet, um, into him. And, and, you know, his lyrics are very impressive, oftentimes very obscure on this album. In a lot of ways, they're more straightforward than some of the other ones. Um, but I don't see this. A lot of this is about touring and he's commented on this album. He said that, that, you know, he's talking about the endless chain of hotels. He's talking about, you know, you have this kind of, people often have this idea of the touring musician as somebody who's kind of out partying, um, you know, doing the fun drugs, having great sex with all the gorgeous people who are showing up at their shows. Um, and hopefully that's happening for some artists, I guess, but it's not, (laughs) it's not, you know, that is not the world. Like I have, you know, but personally, I've never done an extensive tour. I've, you know, I've played a lot of sure. shows. I've played a lot of shows in a lot of places. Um, but I've never done, you know, your real tour where you're just in your van for, you know, a couple months or like, you know, even even extended weeks um, and traveling around. But um, but it's something it's, it's interesting. I've had this conversation with my wife and she has actually said to me that she's glad that I never reached a level of success uh, so far because obviously it's, you know, it's right around the corner. But um, yeah. with my work that has gotten me to that point because she knows that it would have destroyed me um you know and whether that is because of substances or loneliness or whatever and that's again that's why this hits me is that loneliness has been a part of my life Mm -hmm. um i've always felt like an outsider um i've never really felt like i fit in with the people around me Mm -hmm. um that's how i end up as an ambient musician you know Um, which by the way is is a listeners is a being ten thousand things out now now. now. yeah thanks for the plug um but it's a very lonely existence ambient music is not popular um relatively Mm -hmm. speaking um you know i have people who love what i do uh, but it's a relatively speaking small crowd um you know you're not playing stadiums um as an ambient musician Mm -hmm. but again like that's just you know you end up kind of taking these paths through these things and so for me so you know focusing on this song for a moment because again like the 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 song hotel bar is obviously about i mean he's got these lines in there will there be people in the bar i wonder and then uh, towards Mm -hmm. the end of the song he says or should i just sleep 
Um, you know, that is not the like, oh yeah, you play the show and then you choose from the like 30 groupies that are coming up to you afterwards. Like, yeah, all right, which yeah. one of these am I, which two, three, four of these groupies am I going to be taking right. home? Like, that is not the reality for a touring player. It is, okay, I just played this show. Now I have all these emotions that came up through it. And here I am alone in this hotel room. Um, you know, when he is singing in this song, the end of night, I hum alone. Um, that for starters is just like that line kind of kills me. Um, and, but there's a line later on in there and this is, you know, you're talking about the poetry. I mean, look, that is a good line, but mm -hmm. something like, uh, if it's true, we're all just one, who do we turn to when the day is done is not a mm -hmm. good line. That that's a okay. terrible yeah. line. That's and, and much like in, there's another song in here, um, where he says there is a world within the world somehow. I mean, this is like, uh -huh. this is like getting high in your dorm freshman shit. <laughs> and, and, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. I think we've established that like, you know, this may be not for me, but, but I, I guess what, I wonder, um, and I and I promise, listener, we're going to get to the positive eventually. <laughs> but, but but what I wonder is 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 the, is this like sort of taking advantage of an audience that is uh -huh. just going to be here for this? Well, you know, sad songs are going to sell. Yeah, people have a need for this. Um, anybody, I mean, even setting aside divorce itself, because that mm -hmm. is. Divorce requires certain things to have happened beforehand, but nobody reaches adult. Very few people reach adulthood without having gone through pretty bad breakups. I mean, that's a part of life um, for the you know vast majority of humans. Um, and so you can be pretty safe of like, oh, I've got this good kind of, you know, sad breakup, lonely song. Um, chances are somebody's going to want to hear that at any time. Um, and that I do think is definitely a, a, a big part of this. Yeah. Um, so am I? Am I really just cold and dead inside? Is that? Is yeah, that what you are. That's um, yeah. I'm glad we we finally managed to get God that out damn here. It. But, well, so, but all right, all right. So so here's here's a few things. So um, so so one thing like I actually and I want to get to another point in just a second. This, this is a quick comment, but. I actually agree with you that some of the lyrics on this are a little <laughs> stone freshman college yeah. good boy. Okay. You know? Um, I actually. So, so far, you know, this album just came out, was this this A couple weeks week ago, or yeah. two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. So this, this came out recently. That's right. It was two, yeah, two weeks, I think. Um, and so far, at least, um, and I have had a number of his albums, you know, as I said earlier, um, the, the, um, the, the, the Dark Bird is Home is his most recent mm -hmm. one uh, before this uh, took, took a little while. Um, I've had some of his albums that have taken some time to grow on me. Um, I've really been liking this album, um, largely because, as you know, I've been listening to a ton of jazz lately, and this is yes. just a very different feel. So it's kind of like, all right, when I'm concert. not... Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like loading my ears at all times with Shabaka, with Ill Considered, with the new Ezra Collective, which is fucking amazing, um, and all of these things. And so sometimes I just need a guy and a guitar, you know. Um, so there is that part to it, without a doubt. Um, but so far, this is neither my favorite of his records, nor I think his strongest um, lyrical writing. Um, and. Okay. He has said in this one, like he he made the comment, like, I am not going to be able to write songs about endless hotel rooms and hotel bars and touring. Um, I think a lot of my imp my impression um, is that a lot of his inspiration comes from the outdoors. You know, he's from Sweden. Um, yeah. He recently has been doing this series. It's been a while since he made his last album and he's been doing a series of um, 
videos on YouTube that he was releasing of him um, playing, you know, versions of songs on his own, usually just guitar. Um, he did have a couple um, horn play, you know, horn player on one of them mm -hmm. and a couple other things. Um, but just kind of, you know, getting these songs out. Um, and some of them include these little intros where he's just kind of like walking around. And I get the impression that this is somebody who kind of walks around, whether he's out hiking somewhere or, you know, if he's in New York yeah. now, like walking around the city and just looking for inspiration. Um, and I get the impression that a lot of that inspiration comes from nature, comes from being outside in those ways. And so when you are shifting where your inspiration comes from as a songwriter, um, that doesn't sometimes it does lead to the best work you've done but not always and right. i think there's some amazing lyrics on this album um and there are some that are a little weaker um so i was the, and 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 i'm sort of glad you said that because what i was going to ask you know about this is because what i often find in in artists similar to this is that the new album just replaces what came before mm -hmm. and eventually you realize that they're interchangeable and yeah, then, yeah, then it's up to you. Then, then you get into like, oh, why do I like this artist? And like, well, they're just they're just pleasing as fuck, and that look, that's valid. An artist yeah. can just be simply pleasing as fuck. They don't have to be great. They, they can just be like, this is just pleasing. And to a certain extent, I think like, I mean, like Neil Young has his thing about it's all one song. Um, yeah. You know, and obviously, I mean, he's got more rocking songs. He's got more calm, folky songs. I think um, he can say that too, today. though. But and he's like, yeah. he's an artist, like uh, you know, people like Jason Isbell, and I and mm -hmm. I guess maybe this guy, like, where you have to start looking at the entire career. Yes, um, I that, think so. that's what, that's what I take away from Neil Young's quote because, yeah. um, obviously, there's a difference from uh, Harvest Moon to you know, Cowgirl in the Sand. Yeah, there's a difference there. So. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, if this was the first Tallest Man on Earth album that I heard, um, mm -hmm. I think I would like it. I do like this kind of music. Um, I, you know, I, I, as like I said earlier, I'm an ambient musician. I'm also a fingerstyle guitarist. Yeah. Um, you know, I've only done one album of, you know, acoustic guitar songs, um, but that is another part of what I do. Um, I like a human being and a guitar. Um, or he's also a very good banjo player um, as well. And there's some nice banjo playing on this um, album and some other things, but. Um, and I'll come back to a couple comments in a moment um, about kind of like the career in general and mm -hmm. what I like overall about his stuff. But one, there's one other thing about Hotel Bar that I wanted to say, which is for me right now, I needed part of this song. Oh. Um, and it's the part that is the cheesiest that I think when I first heard it, I was kind of like, oh, come on, dude. Like, that's a little cheesy. It's a little too much. But it is the line, I mean, and it's the chorus. And, and so the full line when you look at it is, um, all I can say is things will be fine. Um, as, as you said earlier, some days, um, yeah. some days we will be in the same town. Yeah. So there's two things about that. So One you is like that, that lyric? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, okay, I, that's cheesy and, and I don't like that. But there's two things about it. Um, one is that right now I am dealing with some struggles in my life. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that, you know, as we have already covered is part of life. Um, right now I am at a point where through the majority of my life, um, despite my having like come right out and just said how much I love the feels, <laughs> you know, in this episode, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't tend to be, I really have a very low tolerance for over positivity. Um, okay. <laughs> and this is a funny thing. I mean, I'm also, I don't know if we've talked about this before. I'm also a yoga instructor um, by training and a yoga therapist. 
Okay. which is yoga is a world, um, particularly I think in America, that you tend to get uh, so much of this kind of, oh, God, like everything is so beautiful. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, it is not. And for starters, that is not yoga. I won't go into a big yoga spiel, but like yoga right. is supposed to be about, you know, taking away illusions from your life. And like, I'm sorry, but everything is beautiful as a fucking illusion. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that you were deluding yourself if you believe that, um, you know, but um for me right now, with some things that I that have been happening in my life over the last number of months, I need somebody to tell me that things are going to be fine. And that's not something that I've needed at a lot of times in my life. It's not something that I would have been open to at a lot of times in my life. But right now, I need somebody to be telling me that. And so, the fruit so when bats I hear album him, is it good for that? Sorry, <laughs> the fruit bats album is it good for that? <laughs> hey, aren't we going to talk about that one another time? We, we are in June, but come on, man. Right, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is not the only album that is doing that. Okay, but okay. It's just it's an interesting interesting reaction because as I said, when I first heard that line, I was kind of like, oh, come on, man, like you went there. But then as I've listened to the album more, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I need to hear that. But here's the other thing. So here's the other thing I love about that line. And again, the full line is, all I can say is things will be fine. Some days we will be in the same town. But he sings it through a couple times, and he does not have the conclusion in the same town until the mm. last time he sings it. And so I think he is a smart enough person and a good enough lyricist that he is well aware that what he is partially saying is some days we will – all I can say is some days we will be fine – uh, sorry, is is uh, everything will be fine. Some days we will be. And that yeah. line I love. Everything will be fine and some days we will be. Yeah, Not I, all the days. This is something. So so I have a, a saying that, again, I work at a high school and I work with really closely with a lot of kids who deal with some tough stuff. And I have a saying that I say to them all the time, which is you're doing great even when you're not. Yeah. And this is something that I think young people need to hear. Um, old people and need to it's, hear. all people need to hear. Yeah, yeah. Old people, young people, everyone needs to hear that line. And to me, that's what I'm hearing echoing. And maybe I'm reading something that he didn't intend into that song. But that's one of the things that I like about music is that or art in general, you know, is that the listener, reader, viewer, whatever, their interpretation is just as valid as the artist's original mm -hmm. intention. And so for me to hear that bit of some days will be fine you know i'm having some days where i'm fine right now and i'm having some days when i'm not and yep. that's okay and, and and you know to tell myself i'm doing great on the days that i'm not doing great also um and but but you need something external with that you need it to, to hear it from other people sometimes um and yeah i don't know there's just something about that, so, that right now i need to that end, let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit um, because, uh, you know, that is something we have talked about a lot on this podcast. And and and, and I guess then what what becomes the utility of it? Because it, it can get into like an endless like downward spiral mm -hmm. when you when you start hearing stuff that you're commiserating and not necessarily like, you know, he's saying it'll be fine, but there, it, that is wrapped in misery. And it is so often hard to identify that that bright spot is not a, is not caused by the misery. That's the solution mm -hmm. like to get out of the misery. So, so, you know, when we have music like this, that is thematically just sort of, that's his career that, you know, is it put on for just people to be sad to, and then is that helping them or is that hurting them? 
sadness, depression, those things can become like a blanket. It's familiar. You wrap mm-hmm. yourself in it. You do not allow anything to come through. Um, right. And that is definitely something that is dangerous. Um, there are good things about that because there's times where it's like, you know what, like this has been a bad day. This has been a bad week. This has been a bad year. This has been a bad period since November, 2016. I need to wrap myself in a blanket. Yeah. And and the hardest thing to, to recognize, uh, if you deal with anybody, I mean, you said you do, I do, uh, is that sometimes you, you have to take that day. And wrap yeah. yourself in that blend. And that's something and, I think is really important. It's something I have, I have, you know, extensive experience, you know, as you're just saying, like, you know, we've, we've talked about this a little bit, you know, sometimes off mic, but um, depression and anxiety experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something you've spoken about openly on your show and, you know, something I speak very openly about in my life. Um, and I think that there is a real balance because we need to take the steps to get better. We need to take the, the steps yeah. to heal. We need to take the steps to change. But it's also part of that process. And this is something that really bothers me. I mean, it's something that, that I, as I said, I've got a, 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 a I'm a certified yoga therapist, which is Mm -hmm. when you meet one-on-one with a person instead of just like, oh, come to my class and hopefully, you know, these things that we do will help you with your sore back. It's come to me and let's talk about what's going on in your life, in your mind and body, and how can we use yoga tools, which, you know, again, like Western misunderstanding that we're talking about an exercise class. Like, how do we use this philosophy, this science of life, um, to try to find another way. And it's so, so this is something that I've, I have studied and researched very deeply. Um, you know, as you know, I'm going through a job transition right now. And one of the things I'm thinking about is um, potentially going back to school and honest and actually getting a PhD in psychology. I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. Um, but it's something I'm thinking really seriously about. Um, and one thing that drives me crazy about a lot of that work is how frequently people will say, you know, basically like to someone, you know, if your depressed friend is spending the day in bed, get them up and out and get them doing something. And there's a phrase, unfortunately, I I have lost, I've been trying to find who, like where I read this for years and I can't find it. And and I'm a librarian, I'm pretty good at research, you know, I should be able to find this. But there's a a phrase that I read in my mid 20s at one point that basically said, going out and having fun is only a solution for people who don't need one. Yeah. And I love that so much because the fact of the matter is that there are times when the best therapy you can possibly do is taking a day, maybe even two days, to basically lie on the couch and not do anything. Yeah. Or whatever it is, not get out of bed if you need that. You could just it go see gets, a, you could just go see Avengers Endgame once. Once and then yeah, exactly. <laughs> like allowed eight to days. Take care of it. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're <laughs> that's, that's a few weeks right there. Yeah. You know? Um after that you should probably do something because that's a long period. But um but the fact of the matter is that that is fine and often great for a short period of time. And yes, you have to be careful if that's turning into a few days. Obviously, mm-hmm. if it's turning into months, um, you know, weeks or months, that's a problem. But it's something that really bothers me with a lot of the Western approach to treatment of depression and anxiety is just like, you know, just go do, just go have some fun and, and, and it'll be great. Just go out and see people. And it's like, when I am feeling at that place, if I go out and see people, I am not going to get better as a result of it. Um, and that's something that I think like, so yeah, you know, your question, do people need this music? I think they do. Does it put them into a cycle of this? You're asking the guy who literally has a t-shirt that says, I heart sad songs. I am a <laughs> fanatic. <laughs> to be clear anybody listening right now is like kevin like uh, this means a lot to me and this is how i get by and you're a yeah. fucking asshole you're right yeah and you're like, like no i don't care that's that's valid no that, that's <laughs> that's valid I, I i can take it it's fine 
Um, you know, I listen to Boston when I get down. So, <laughs> so, something. I get yeah. down when I listen to Boston. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's a normal reaction. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so, uh, you know, it is, you know, down that little rabbit hole, like this stuff can be whether it's him or his out, al- whichever album of his, it can be like remarkably important. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think it's good and fair to talk about it in those terms, actually. Sure. Rather than like try to force some artistic triumph uh, out of it. Uh, and well, he I, has a voice that conveys emotion, and that's one thing I think is really mm-hmm. key and important with him is that he can sing a bad line and make it mean something. Um, he can sing a, sing a mediocre line and make it sound great. Um, and he's got a, you know again, and this is a, this is a guy that I believe is a great poet and a great lyricist. Most of the time, um, there's 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 a song in here, "Running Styles of New York." Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have some bad news for people who like that song. You also <laughs> like you too. But I see the line of so many things out here, and a lifetime gently now sits on the stairs to my home. Of our grace returning. <laughs> that's a fucking that's a fucking U two song. <laughs> but you know, and, and and to your point where you were just saying, like Bono has that talent. Right? Yeah. I'm and not he, a U two fan, but I actually do agree. I mean I you know, they're early. Bono Bono his lyrics has, has there've been a lot of stupid shit in oh, U2 yeah. songs. Some but terrible he sells lyrics. It, but he sells it. And and he That's sings true. it, and you're like, man, yeah. I there's feel a way it. of delivery yeah. that that works there. Yeah, yeah. So what? So for you, what what's the high point here? What 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 are you really feeling? So here's so so I'll, I'm going to talk about a particular song in a moment um, that will illustrate this point. Um, I really love his melodies. Mm-hmm. They're not, I think, particularly complex. I'm not somebody. We've talked about this a little bit. I'm not somebody who, when I listen to music am analyzing like oh wow you know he's playing in c-sharp harmonic minor but wow listen to that he just did you know didn't flat that sixth like i don't think about it that way i don't like to dissect it in that way um i like to feel the emotions that come up as a result of what i'm listening to um and not dissect so i don't think that he's particularly musically complex you know i i play a lot of his songs in in my repertoire um you know if i'm gonna play a live show there's a good chance i'll throw one of his in um and um you know they're they're not complex chords for the most part Um, i don't think he's using particularly complex um, melodies um i can at this point recognize i was thinking about this a lot as i was listening to this album for the first couple times like if you took his voice away from it um and you know all but just the guitar or banjo and played me just a little clip of it i could basically tell you every one of these is a tallest man on earth song because he does have a particular type of melodic approach and sound and and Um, not a not a uh, late 60s early 70s dylan song no, and that's the thing. So, all right. So, here's the other thing. I don't actually see the Dylan comparisons. All okay, that much. we're done here, Wes. Now, <laughs> you know, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. see the Dylan. I don't. I, okay. I mean, so here's the thing. We have a male who plays the guitar, who has a voice that is tonally kind of like Dylan's, and writes good lyrics. Do you want to make a list of everybody who would fit that category? 
because past <laughs> yeah. that, I don't see a lot of Dylan comparison. His melodies are not particularly like Dylan. Um, he's got a bigger vocal range than Dylan does. Um, his poeticism works in a very different way than Dylan's does. Um, yeah, he's he's a guitar player who has a kind of gritty voice. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you a little name tag. Says West Covey, tallest man on earth, apologist. <laughs> 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 no, no, I, no, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Um, I mean, he's been getting that from the start. The, one of the things that I saw um, when Shallow Grave, his first album came out, um, one of the things that I saw with a reviewer, and this, I mean, this was interesting. Is one of the things that piqued my, my, you know, interest in him was a reviewer basically saying, I haven't been as excited about a young songwriter since hearing Dylan. So I can see that to a certain extent, but you hear this all the time, this comparison to Dylan, and I just don't really hear it in the music. Wait, Again, I, I, a lot I, of the I, melodies I, are different. I have a theory. I think I've been tricked. I, I, I'm going to go. You see, what I've found from knowing you and from talking to you about music is generally you are more correct than I am. And that's um, usually the thing. I'm a librarian. I'm, I have to be right yeah, for it's my right, living. Right. You're right. Exactly. And I, I, you know, we originally were the original purveyor of alternate facts. So, yeah. Uh, but everybody, but, I'm going to be starting my own podcast now, just so you know. Um, all <laughs> listeners should now tune in. My name is Devin Gill. I'm going to be starting the uh, Disco Logic um, podcast. <laughs> nice. 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 <laughs> the, so, so uh, here's the thing given that first, um, that first review and comparison to Dylan. And people lazily keep saying Dylan, 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 mm. Dylan. The same thing just happened to Vampire Weekend. Pitchfork's, uh, <laughs> Pitchfork's, Pitchfork's run line was like a band who was always threatened to sound like Fish finally like pays off on that threat. The problem <laughs> is, is that they have never and will never sound like Fish. Both suck. But now yeah. they sound like neither Both sound are like terrible each other. bands. I would not have ever yeah. made that comparison. I did actually see yeah. today. You know, I mean, that, that was one of the funny. Like, I, I, I do not like Vampire Weekend. Okay. Um, I am not interested in them. I can't imagine I would like this new album any better than any of the other ones. Then I did don't see tune in on Tuesday. Was, yeah, well, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll listen to that if you're making fun of it. It'll be fun. Maybe we'll see. Um, I mean, I listened to your Weezer episode, so you know, I guess I can, <laughs> I can handle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but but it is funny because like I did. I mean, yeah. But in saying that, Pitchfork gives the album an eight, and it's just like, yeah. oh yeah. Okay, and Lizzo was six point five. Right. Right. But yeah. also, I mean, you know, in some ways, Vampire Weekend is like the Pitchfork band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, 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 for 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 serious. For serious. Yeah. But anyways, we're, we're off on a tangent. So back to like yeah. your melodies. We're talking. So about here's melodies. the thing. So so a tallest man on earth song to me is like a mountain. And the way that I mean that is that when you look at a mountain um, or, you know, pick whatever you want, you know, if it, I, I, I'm from Vermont, so I love forests. I love mountains. Um, my wife is from New Hampshire. She loves the ocean, you know. So for me, I think about a mountain. Maybe she would think about the ocean. Maybe somebody else would think about um, the desert if they live in Arizona, you know, like whatever it is. Um, to me, his melodies are – I hear his songs for the first time. And I feel like I know what needs to come next, and it does. And that's where I think you said earlier that his music can be boring. Um, that's, I think, what would probably equate to that. That if you know a person finds it boring, maybe it's because I remember hearing a thing at one point where somebody said that a, a perfect song, um, the listener should um, be able to predict what's going to like what change comes next 80% of the time, but then 20% yeah. surprises them. Yeah, and that's, that's I correct. think, is a really interesting thing when you think about music. Um, I that's certainly, when I'm, 
It is, yeah. And then there is a science. I mean, it's why, un- unfortunately, algorithms are now writing music, you know? <laughs> and that's not something I will ever think about when I'm writing music myself. But it is something I, and as I said, like, I can hear, I think, any guitar line or banjo line of his, of a new song that he has written, and I'll probably know it's him. Um, some people would find that to be boring. I happen to really like his melodies, so there we okay. go. But when I look at a mountain, I never look at it and think, uh, you know, uh, that's a fine looking mountain, but it would really be better if it, you know, if that peak over there extended a little bit over to the right, you know, I look at it and I'm like, that's beautiful. And that's huh. when I hear his melodies, I find them beautiful and I find them to be, you know, they resolve in the ways that I want them to. Um, and, you know, so, so the, again, like the, the song, I, there's a lot of songs on here that I, you know, kind of thought about bringing, but um, the song, um, what I've been kicking around, um, is I think in a lot of ways kind of a classic melody for him. Um, it's not the most classic, you know, I, I think probably I'm a stranger now, um, you know, is the one that maybe sounds a little bit more like some of his older stuff um, than some of the other songs on this album. But, um, but I really like the melodicism of this song. I think it is classic, but it also feels like he's doing something a little bit new um, and a little different from his other albums. And, you know, it kind of comes to that point that you were saying about maybe you need to see the whole career instead of just looking at this album. But, but that one to me has that kind of looking at a mountain beauty to it that, that a lot of his songs do. Yeah, uh, so you said something a few minutes ago about how uh, I'm usually right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's go back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I but it's beautiful. It is. It 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 is beautiful. And um, I guess for me, like I just need one shot of that. Uh huh. So I, I don't need an album. I don't. I don't need this whole uh, exploratory committee on on his feels about anything. I'm just like okay. Um, but but that that is beautiful. But at the same time, though, I, I do think that that can blend into the background of of just a dinner party, a film, a mm-hmm. TV show, and but not in a good way. Like yeah. you, you're yeah. not gonna, you're not going to be able to pick it out and be like, hey, like, could you believe they were playing tallest man on earth at this point? Sure, because that's what yeah. it's made for. Yeah, and I, and I don't and I, I don't think. Consciously, I don't think he's a cynical dude, I, but I, but it clearly like has, um, it's got its marketplace, and, it's and maybe its marketplace is younger people. You know, um, oh. I'm turning forty in six months. Um, mm-hmm. you you've passed that one. Um, neither of us are teenagers anymore. Um, you know, this is something that um, I'm going to be really curious. I, I like to play music for the the kids at the school I work at. Um, I haven't played this one for anyone yet, but there's a couple kids in particular that I think might like it. I'm looking forward to doing that. I wonder how they'll feel about it in that way because I do think that there is a certain amount of youth, and maybe it's because youth lingers on heartache more than a mature well, adult for sure. should. For sure, for sure. I think I think it. Um... Yeah, I the, uh I mean, look, a function of uh loneliness is to uh sort of force you to figure out how not to be alone because like it or not, and whether that's friends, lovers, you know, anything else, uh you know, people can't make it on their own. That that's one thing that we know about human existence. Yeah. That's yeah. it is an impossibility. Well, if you, um, you know, to, to, to bring that Dylan guy in for a second, you know, he has the line yeah. in one of my favorite Dylan songs, um, you know, where he says um, he basically warns the listener off of trying to live without life. Take a tip from one who's tried. Sorry, yeah. live without love. Take a yeah. tip from one who's tried. Yeah. Um, you know, and that is definitely like, you know, I, as I said, like I'm somebody who has felt loneliness a lot in my life, who has felt like an outsider a lot in my life. But I have also realized how much I need other people. You know, when we mm-hmm. closed the um, episode that we did when we were talking about Epilogue by Aaron Abernathy, I said, uh, people are worth it. Um, and that's something I almost said at that time. And I'm kind of glad I didn't, you know, people are yeah. worth it. And that's weird to come from me as somebody who hasn't trusted people very much. Right. <laughs> right. Had but, great experiences with them, but we do need, we need other people. We do. And, and, and my point around that is that, um, you know, I'm in now the 12 year relationship with my lady. We have lived in two places. She dragged me up to her Wisconsin. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> I don't know how long you've been married, uh, and with your wife, but, the point is we should have achieved like some measure of not loneliness. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was actually just, you know, being in that long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. But, but this doesn't make you right, but it does make me wrong. I think I'm wrong. <laughs> I think it's just 40. I think the second you turn 40, you're going to be like, fuck tallest man on earth. And yeah. that's going to be that. You're like, I don't have I any hear time also that when I turn 40, I'm going to start liking the Grateful Dead. And that's when Hell yes, you're going to look back and think about what could I have been doing besides listening to the tallest man on earth. And just so we're clearly clear, I love Ripple and basically past that I'm bored by 
video. Oh, wow. And, oh, and wow. I say that as an ambient musician and jazz fan who listens well, to Well, we have a podcast for you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> um Yeah, so I, I guess what would... Uh, my bottom line on this, I'm going to give you the last word on this, but my bottom line on this is that this is not something for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do get the appeal. I just, I, I wish we, and, and we're guilty of not talking about challenging enough music. I'll, I'll cop to that. But, but I wish that stuff that was a little more challenging, a little less of comfort food existed and was like the stuff making money, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, because ultimately this sets the bar for somebody. So somebody sees that he's making money and then they're like, we have to emulate that. Yeah. And, the, and the problem with that logic is there can be only one. Yeah. There's only one tallest man on earth and you're not going to get except for every like maybe decade somebody who achieves the same type of notoriety. I agree with that. And and the one thing that I will say on that is that the tallest man on earth is the best tallest man on earth working right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's the important thing. Like, I don't know that I would have the tolerance for this. And again, like I'm a huge Towns Van Zant fan. I'm a huge yeah. fan of a lot of other sad songwriters. Um, we still need to talk about Sam Baker. I'm going to continue to push you on that one. Um, He's a sad songwriter in a very different way. He's better than Jason Isbell um, in what people are giving Jason Isbell credit. And I love Jason Isbell. Don't get me wrong. Um, But Sam Baker writes better American stories than Isbell does. Yeah. Um, But that said right now, I don't, I don't think anybody else is doing this um, to the level that Tallest Man is. And I will maybe say, you know, listeners, if you have not heard of Tallest Man on Earth before, this might not be the best album to start with. Um, you know, check out uh, There's No Leaving Now, for example. That's one of his, um, that's his album from 2012, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I am a fan of all of his albums you know shallow grave was the first one that got me into him the wild hunt the next one is really great um but i think probably if i were to say you know if somebody says oh i hear you like this guy um where do i start um probably there's no leaving now is the one that i might recommend that you go to if i suggested Um, that they listen to the cars drive uh, as an alternative would that be valid just on repeat I, i don't think it would okay Okay. Personally, but but that said, I mean, I, I that might be where the like five six year gap in our age comes in. I I have to go. Um, let <laughs> yeah. me do a quick YouTube. Um, I mean, I yeah. beyond just what you needed, uh, just what I needed was it. Oh shit! Oh well, Wes is in for a journey, folks. Get ready. Oh god, I'm getting myself in trouble. Here. <laughs> be on Heartbeat City. So so, what's your final word on this, man? I really like this album a lot. It is hitting me in a place where I need right now um, in the rare occasions that I'm turning off the UK jazz um, that I'm obsessed with. Um, Give this guy a chance. Um, Allow yourself the opportunity to have the feels. Allow yourself to sympathize with somebody who is going through um, some stuff that is hard, even if it is not as hard as some of the things that other people are going through. You know, This is a guy who I think relatively speaking he's probably got a decent life you know i think he is making a living he is able to you know tour he's able to have people um come see him perform art um and that's an amazing thing but um you know i sympathize with people's struggles i empathize with people's pain um and you know if you're not a cold-hearted bastard like kevin um Since I've been gone, they changed the sunset time And they yell so loud as I move on Cause I've been thinking 
about the mystery as I'm driving Tell us, man on earth, I love you. It's a fever dream is out there now. I'm not going to get a copy, so that means more copies for you, kids. Uh, now that is a hope you enjoyed that discussion about that. That was yeah, it happens from time to time. It's great. It, it, you know, it's weird. This used to happen all the time in our basement, but now that we're not in the basement over the internet. It's a little harder to make that human connection. But uh, you know, sometimes you do, and that that was that. Big thanks to Wes for hanging out. Be here back from him. Sooner rather than later, maybe we'll talk about more jazz or something we agree on. I'll probably be right. Uh, that's it for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, tell your friends. Subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. Just smash that subscribe button. We're also out there on the internet at, at Chunky Glasses, at pretty much everywhere, and ChunkyGlasses.com. We are a Chunky Glasses production, along with our other podcast, our sister podcast, Dead to Me, which just wrapped up its first season. It's also on the Osiris Podcast Network. Uh, it's a little confusing. We're everywhere, basically. Uh, and that's it. Coming up in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking uh, about some pretty groovy music. Black Mountain, I believe, is coming out soon. But a very special episode, the next one, we're talking to my good friend, Andrew Shepard. Our good friends, Roadkill Ghost Choir, have decided to call it quits. It is happening on Friday, May 10th in Athens, Georgia, if you're there. And so we wanted to talk to him because those people are family. And, uh, you know, got to send them off in style. So, yeah. So we will talk to you in a few short days. Until then, get out there and have some fun, listen to some good music, and uh, take care of yourself, kids. And be graceful after all.